Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we stand in the aftermath of Warner Media's decision about premiering movies on HBO Max. This has resulted in what is a verbal war of words between actors, directors, producers, writers, and theaters against Warner Brothers, Warner Media, HBO Max, and AT&T. This fallout has been a sight to see, so we'll get uh, into that first. I won't keep you waiting. Let's go. Since there's been so much backlash in Hollywood over the move, I'm going to focus on a few specific ones. First up is Warner Brothers' golden boy, Christopher Nolan, who was none too pleased, and immediately made some comments. Quote, it's a unilateral decision that the studio took. They didn't even tell the people involved. You have these great filmmakers who worked with passion and diligence for years on projects that are intended to be feature films with fantastic movie stars. And they've now all been told that they're a lost leader for a fledging streaming service. End quote. So yeah, Nolan is furious, but that is not surprising at all. He is a theater person first, to the point where he kind of did force the studio to release Tenant during a the quiet part of the pandemic. Or, you know, like, it, like the eye in the storm. And it did result in losing a bit of money. Uh, I am surprised, though, he did straight up trash HBO Max. But let's be serious, he is one of those directors that can say what he wants. If for some reason Warner Brothers does not want to work with him, all, all, all the other studios will be looking for meetings. Another director I wanted to bring up is Dallas Villanueva, who has Dune coming out next year and is a part of the legendary Warner Brothers issue that has now arisen from this move. Quote, with a decision AT&T has hijacked one of the most respectable, important studios in film history. There's absolutely no love for cinema nor the audience here. It is all about the survival of a telecom monolith, Mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than $150 billion. Therefore, even though Dune is about cinema and audiences, AT&T is about its own survival on Wall Street. With HBO Max's launch, a failure thus far, AT&T decided to sacrifice Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate in a desperate attempt to grab the audience's attention. End quote. Compared to Nolan, who felt like he was throwing Molotov cocktails at the studio, Dennis' comments felt more like knives, quietly but deadly, and to the point. Now, I highlight these comments because this is the overall feeling from Hollywood from directors to actors to producers to even other studios, and a lot of it comes from not being told in advance about working out deals. Since the HBO Max episode last week, a lot of information has come out about how this happened. First, for Wonder Woman 1984, they negotiated with Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins on terms to make up for money that they would have made at the box office. This is reported to have got them 8 to 10 million each. Remember, Quite a few people have contracts, where if a movie makes a certain amount at the box office, they get a bonus. These deals fixed that issue, and everything was set for the move. While it did get a bit muddy here, it seems that AT&T and or Warner Media, not Warner Brothers, did not want to make these deals for every single movie in 2021, because they felt it was too expensive. The answer to that was to not tell them anything. They also felt this was the right move to do with legendary pictures. The issue here is two of the movies in Warner Brothers 2021 lineup they do not own. Legendary technically owns Godzilla vs. Kong and Dune and also put up 75% of the budget. Warner Brothers put up the rest and has distribution rights. To add fuel to the fire, remember when Warner Media said no to Godzilla vs. Kong being sold to Netflix for $250 million? Well, Legendary executives were hoping to work out a similar deal with Warner Brothers because since they had distribution rights, they can video it if they do not feel they're getting fair compensation, just like the people who make the movies. They heard nothing until the morning of the move. 
This resulted in news of Legendary getting ready to challenge this move for the two movies and possibly evoke legal action. As of this recording, it has not been reported as if they have gone any further, so I assume both studios are furiously talking since they just rejoined for their partnership last year with Detective Pikachu. Now, while the majority of comments were negative, AT&T did come out to defend themselves. The CEO himself, John Stanky, said the move was a win-win-win for everyone. Nintendo responds to the pushback from Hollywood. He said that the longer-term impacts will be dictated by what the customers do. Finally, he said this about where the market is going for movies. Quote, customers have a tremendous amount of choice as to how they choose to engage with content. If we just simply sit here and say this is about whether or not people go to movie theaters, I think we're missing the broader point. Today, even before WarnerMedia made this decision, customers could go watch great two-hour content on a variety of competitive services, some of them very significant releases. Customers are going to drive what happens in a market, ultimately. End quote. He also reported new HBO Max numbers, which is now 12.6 million subscriptions, up from 8.6 million at the end of the third quarter. We now have a clearer number pre and post Wonder Woman 1984 release, and we'll see how much it boosts their numbers. NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell also had comments about the movie industry without directly talking about the latest news, saying, quote, Theatrical is a critical part of the movie business. What makes movies movies is their event, and what makes an event is that you can actually get in your car, drive somewhere, and watch something on a big screen with great sound, the way that directors and filmmakers had meant for us to see properly. At the same time, many movie lovers will continue to want to view product at home, and they shouldn't have to wait many months to do so. I think that theatrical will continue to thrive, and the more windows can collapse, so that there's other ways to see things at home and in a less premium fashion, the more money is going to be made by everyone involved in the movie business. And it's better for consumers, end quote. So my thoughts on all of this is that WarnerMedia and AT&T fucked up, straight and simple. From what I have read, Warner Brothers was forced to make this move and might not have even been allowed to tell anyone and that it was going to happen, that the move was ultimately decided by uh, the head of Warner Media and by AT&T backing them. Uh, they not only did not care about the repercussion of the move, but with everything that has come out since, it looks like less a genius idea and more like a desperate play. Right now, I think they stick with the plan and they will not back down because it will look even worse if they roll it back. You just promised your customers all this. I also think they will keep Godzilla vs. Kong and doing as well, though I expect them to be paying a lot more compensation to Legendary. Right now, they are the only ones that can threaten to pull their movies. The rest, while directors and actors can complain, all they can do is threaten future work, which could happen. Now, I am not saying that everyone will leave Warner Brothers and that they can't find people to work. They will. It's Hollywood. However, I will not be surprised if top people like Nolan start looking elsewhere to get their movies made. So on paper, Warner Brothers will be fine. They will still make mo movies, and some of them will still be good. But I expect at least for a while, maybe some top actors and producers and directors will take a break from them. Especially if other studios are offering deals, and why would you not? As long as other studios are upfront about the distribution deal, and honor it, people would accept it no problem. Overall, this has been a complete dumpster fire for them. I think other studios are looking at this with huge smiles. But wait, there's more. We got another dumpster fire of a disaster in China with Monster Hunter. That's right, the release of that movie went straight into the trash. So what happened? Well, the movie premiered with low scores, so first thoughts were, oh, it's just a shit movie, what a surprise. But then it turned out that people were insulted by a line in the film, and it grew from there. The line is only 10 seconds long, but a character asks someone what kind of knees are his, and he responds with Chinese. While that is bad writing, Chinese audiences found it a reference to an old racist rhyme, Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees. To make matters worse, 
It looks like whoever did the translation changed the Mandarin syllables to read a bit different from what was being said in English. This meant if the person reviewing the film did not understand English, they were not able to put two and two together. The outrage grew fast and by Friday night, theaters started pulling the movie and offering refunds. By Sunday night, it finished the weekend with only $4.8 million. Right now, the studios, directors, and stars have offered their apologies and a new version of the film, with it the line removed, has been made for a release worldwide, uh, though right now that version is not being allowed in China. When I first heard the story, I thought, wow, how could I have gotten through approval? But if the translation team did try to hide it, then that's a dirty movie to sneak through. But I'm also thinking, why is that also in the script? Now, I do not think the scriptwriter was being a racist when he wrote it. I think he just wrote a terrible script, but still, it's very bad. Now, I do not think who I think this will affect the most is Tencent, whose studio helped produce the film. While the rest of the people can move on to other projects, Tencent has to be careful now and make sure they do not upset their number one and what really is the majority of their customer base with China. For Sony, this is a bit of a fuck up as well because really China was looking to be their main source of box office income for this movie and that's gone. Yeah, it's released in America and some parts of Europe soon, but at this point in the pandemic, how much is it really going to get them? Probably not much. Taking a look at other movies in development, Deadline is exclusively reporting that Oscar Isaac will play the role of Solid Snake for the live-action Metal Gear Solid movie that has been in development for a while now. Even though Sony now has a script, director, and the main lead cast, there is still no timetable for shooting the film or when they aim to release it. Quick thoughts about this is that it's a great pick and Isaac has said he is a fan of the franchise, so expect a great performance out of him. My only concern is how the script will be. If I had to guess though, it's probably a 2023 movie. Another movie got that got an update to an already stacked cast is Gucci. Jeremy Irons has signed on to the film with the current cast already starring Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, Jared Leto, and Adam Driver. Directed by Ridley Scott and being made by MGM, it looks to go into production after The Last Duel is done, so sometime next year for filming, and it released probably sometime in 2022. This is definitely a great cast, so I'm absolutely looking forward to this. Big fan of really good dramas with a stacked cast. Staying with MGM, there was an odd article I saw from The Hollywood Reporter I wanted to talk about. MGM has signed a deal with Amazon for AWS, Amazon Web Service. They will now be storing all of their film and television content on AWS for easier distribution to platforms, and they will also use AWS software to predict content viewing so that they can work on forecasting demand. I thought it was interesting, as it looks like the studio is thinking outside the box to get a better data and predict where they need to put their content to maximize their profits. For a small studio like them, this is needed since, again, their big payday is no time to die, and that is still waiting to come out. With all of that news done, I think it's about time we go look at some numbers. After a few weeks at the box office, The Croods 2 has died down, just like the rest of the movies out there. Uh, they did stay in first place, though, with $3 million for a total now of $24.2 million. In second place is Half Brothers with 490000 for a total of $1.38 million. In third place is the re-release of Elf with 390000 in fourth place is Freaky with 315000 for a total of $8.2 million. Lastly, in fifth place is War with Grandpa with 266000 for a total of $17.9 million. So yeah, with the pandemic spiking in America right now with everyone just focused on the holidays, I really don't know how Wonder Woman will do in two weeks. I would think around $10 million, but the Croods 2 did a lot more than I expected, so who knows. For China, they are starting to get a string of new releases. Opening in first place is Bath Buddy with $28.1 million. In second place was The End of Endless Love with 11 million. In third place was The Crudes A New Age with 6.4 million for a total now of 46.5 million. The upcoming weekend, China will get a domestic movie with The Rescue and also Wonder Woman 1984. And the following week, they get Shockwave 2. Finally, it looks like Demon Slayer might do it and take number one spot in Japan of all time. It has now taken second place of all time with 291.5 million. 
in Japan. And right now, Toho will continue doing giveaways for showings on the weekend to increase ticket sales, which, as of now, has shown the torch so far. For worldwide total, the movie is 310 million, so a strong chance it ends up in the top five worldwide for the year, which is surprising to see. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Not really any news this week for VOD Premium, thanks to the special episode for HBO Max and Disney+. Plus. Question for the episode is, what do you think about the fallout from the HBO Max news? Is it justified, or are people overreacting? Let me know on Facebook, link to the pages in the show notes. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you.